This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, we're going to talk about some souls, but not ones that are dark. These are quite tight in this. Cue the music! Welcome to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me, as always, of Destructo Bros. Hey, everybody, it's Nate. Yo, what's up? It's Willie. How you doing? I am doing mighty fine, my good sir. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to the audience. How are you doing, though? I am doing mighty fine, my good sir. <laughs> good to know. How are you boys doing? Pretty Oakley Doakley. Have you ever heard Oakley Doakley? Yes. I My goodness, what a little what a little run they had before they split up. <laughs> it's a great concept for sure. Freaking hilarious. I would have loved to have seen them with like Gore or like a Max Sabbath. <laughs> Max Sabbath is hilarious, dude. I have seen Max Sabbath live. They played on the Fest Wrestling shows. Yeah. <laughs> it was true. Which one's Max Sabbath? They're the huh? Black Sabbath cover band that dresses like McDonald's characters. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I also got to see Randy and the Savages. <laughs> at one of the which is a punk band that all dresses like Randy Savage different eras like it's fucking tremendous oh <laughs> uh, yeah what have you boys been up to let's go Nate what have you been up to in this past two weeks my good sir so this goes deeper than I guess like the last two weeks or so but like I've just been having a career crisis after career crisis lately <laughs> <clears throat> so like as y'all know I got laid off from my one tech job got another one and I was so miserable, I just straight up quit it. I don't think that I'm built for the work for home thing, at least not for <laughs> the way it's been for the last little bit. So I decided, you know, screw it. I'm going away from the corporate lifestyle for a little while and just doing something completely different. So interviewed and got a new job as a store manager at a local, you know, it's regional, I'd say, chain of game stores. But I'm with the particular branch here, store here. And so, I've been working on the retail thing. It doesn't pay anywhere near as well as my last jobs, but I am enjoying being around people and doing different things and being surrounded by things that I really enjoy. Yeah, like those beautiful steel case Yakuza games. <laughs> yeah. We had Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2 in steel, steel books at the store for PS4, which is so nice. And... um yeah, it's been really interesting. I've picked up a couple games for myself since I've been there. One we refused, and the guy just left it and said, you know, y'all can just have this one. And they refused it because it had a little bit of corrosion on it. It was a copy of Tony Hawk Pro Skater for the Nintendo 64. And I was like, you know what? Don't throw that away. I'm just going to take it home with me and clean it. And I guarantee I can get it to work. I didn't think the corrosion was even bad enough to reject it. So, whatever. So, yeah, I took it, took a Q-tip and some isopropyl alcohol to it, got it running straight away. So, now I can jam yeah, up to Tony Hawk, get the town track again. I was going to say, and then you quickly learned that in the first game, you were kind of limited. Because I know yeah. you were messaging, like, how do you revert manual? And we're like, you can't in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'd forgotten how, like, much that game series evolved game after game. Like, they actually did massive improvements to it as they went on. Yeah, and... Yeah, 
I think you could argue that maybe it lost its focus and became a little bit too overblown in the earlier games, but I still remember having so much fun with 3 and 4 and thinking those were just like a goddamn blast on the PS2. So, I played every Tony Hawk, right? So, I can tell you from experience that, like, it went off the fucking rails after the first Underground. The first Tony Hawk Underground was really good. You were just trying to become a professional skateboarder. And then Jackass happened. And then CKY and Bam Margera's show happened. And then Underground 2 came out, and it was this whole Tony Hawk's team versus Bam Margera's team. And Bam Margera's team's doing crazy shit. <laughs> so, like, it's a fucking great game. Don't get me wrong. I have it on my retro arch. I emulated it the other night and was fucking around with it. Tony Hawk's Underground 2 is fantastic. It's after that where they started kind of getting a little wonky. Not that it was more because nothing ever got as ridiculous as Underground 2 that I remember. Other than maybe that one where they released the weird board controller. Oh, right. Yeah, Tony Hawk, right. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't count. <laughs> but. Yeah, but I mean, even like four was a lot more open world than yeah. the ones before it. And like somewhere oh, yeah, in like yeah, yeah. three and four, like they definitely had like the CKY and Jackass representation. Because I remember there was definitely a shopping cart mini game and the song 96 Quite Bitter Beings and all that was in one of those soundtracks. Yeah, which I, I assume I, CKY got huge because the guy was Bam's brother. The drummer, you know, that makes sense. Bernadette, Bernadette, Bernadette. Um, that riff still just like sticks out yeah. in my brain so much. It is, I I call it the riff so cool they didn't need to write a chorus. <laughs> True, because that song just has a couple verses and a bridge. That's it. and then the rest of it's just that fucking guitar riff, man. <laughs> yeah, and and cool thing like. You can try and try and try to play that riff. It's not going to quite sound right unless you octave your guitar. If you put an octaver on your guitar, that's what gives it that weird CKY sound. I don't know how to describe it because they have another song that was on the Resident Evil 2 soundtrack, the movie, Resident Evil 2 Apocalypse. Um, it's called Escape from Hellview. Yeah, I actually downloaded this song from LimeWire <laughs> or WinMX when I was a kid because it was positioned to be like the sequel to 96 Quite Bitter. It, and it is. Lyrically. Lyrically, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's so good. And it was actually pretty dope. The guitar yeah. riff, too, is another one of the. You know, but like there is an actual chorus in that in that song. But yeah, the lyrics. Uh, so turn back, the fire is deafening. Or yeah, the fire is deafening. Turn back, you'll never see him again. Um they make the rounds at the midnight hour and the, on the clock, that's just a minute away. So where I was talking about escaping from the place that you're stuck in in 96 Quite Bitter Beings, it's, it's fucking wild. It's fucking wild. But I haven't thought about that in a while, man. That's just bringing me back to downloading random shit on like LimeWire and WinMX and being like, well, this claims to be a crossover of Metallica and Megadeth. I like those bands. Let's see. And it's like some Christian band that sounds slightly like <laughs> Megadeth that has terrible recording sound. Oh, dude, I remember... Or all of those weird Al covers that just happen to be really racist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> because apparently Weird Al's the only person that does parody. Or that White Rabbit song that was like The Legend of Zelda, but they were all thinking it was System of a Down because the singer did some slightly abruptly start-stop stuff. <laughs> Link, hey, come to town, come to save the Princess Zelda. I, uh, I remember downloading Backcountry by uh, Avenged Sevenfold. And it was definitely not the song that it was was really good. And I ended up really liking it. It was a song called On Wings of Lead by Bleeding Through. But it is that is a much heavier song than Backcountry by Ben <laughs> Sevenfold. And then I remember like downloading Marijuanaville and it said it was ICP. 
<laughs> and it's like it's because it vaguely sounds like ICP, but like when did they ever have an acoustic show? Right. Ever. Um, <laughs> and there were there were a couple other ones like you'd get the I did not inhale that. I did not have sex with intercourse with that woman. It just random audios like that. You'd be like, what in the fuck? And then not to mention all the viruses you would get. <laughs> you download the wrong show. Oh, yeah, let's download Slipknot.exe. That was part of the charm, <laughs> man. <laughs> it honestly does bring me back. Yeah, I will say, though, that's honestly sometimes like how I discovered these bands that I didn't know because I downloaded a song by Lacuna Coil and it ends up being this band called Leaves Eyes. And now I know who they are. And they're really good, you know, hmm. so it's, it's kind of like that was our version of kind of just letting the YouTube playlist show us whatever it wants <laughs> or Spotify these days, you know, whatever your bag is. I was going to say Pandora, but yeah, Spotify is the more modern one. This book says, uh, it is my bag baby written by one Austin Danger Powers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. No, you're good. What else you been up to, man? Yeah, today at work, one of my buddies was, one of the guys was like, came in, works there. He was like, hey, man, do you want to buy something from me? I was like, what? (laughs) And then, yes, yes, I do. I got a complete in-box copy of Double Dribble. Yo! Nice! For the NES. This was $15, whereas I looked it up afterwards, and the store would have only offered him like five. So, we both made out pretty well in that case. Nice. Oh yeah. So another complete in box NES game for the collection. You always love to see it. Oh hell yeah, dude! But it's just been interesting. I'm trying to get used to being on my feet for eight to nine to ten hours a day. That's been an adjustment from being a guy who sits in a desk every day. Doctor Scholl's dog. Trust me, (laughs) they help. Yeah, but so far it's been a pretty good experience, and like. I'm done saying nice things about places I work, but I'm having a good time there so far, so we'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Will? What you been up to? Well, let's see. I missed uh, last week's show because I uh, just really wasn't going to get to play enough of the game before the recording to... Uh... Wait, last week was uh, Trials yeah. Part 2, right? Two weeks ago, but yes. Right. Th- yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, so I didn't get caught up, so let's see. What all do I have? I was going to do like a uh, B-side, but then I just didn't record it, because it didn't seem all that important. Like, a lot of the questions were just based on, you know, uh, fucking the game, and then you guys correctly answered that I would have deleted the entire rest of the world if Doom could play uh, still be played, so. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's probably the only one that even was close to a controversial one for me. Um, started on a new workout program a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, yeah? Doing a, a kettlebell thing. It's basically every day. Uh, I'm still working up to doing the actual program, but I'm doing the drills from the book. And, like, I've noticed just, like, a lot more, uh, well, a lot less general anxiety since I've started doing the weight training again. And, like, because I guess your body learns to process actual fight or flight chemicals when you're doing some real exercises. And so that seems to help a lot. And um, I feel like because the exercises are, it's a very simple program that's just whole body exercises. Like, I feel like I've been, you know, my posture and my, um, I don't know, just general mood have improved a lot too. So I'm looking forward to starting to put some weight onto it and starting to do the actual program. The ultimate program is basically just you do, you know, a warm up exercise that includes like goblet squats and um, a couple stretches. And then it's just, uh, kettlebell swings, one-handed kettlebell swings, and uh, Turkish get-ups, which is where 
if you're not familiar with the Turkish getup, it's a move where you start off on the very floor with uh, like like laying down on your back with a kettlebell like suspended like like a press, and then you kind of turn yourself to one side and pull yourself up into a seated position and slide your knee through and put yourself into a windmill position and then slide yourself through again and put yourself into a lunge position and stand up all the way. It ends up putting a lot of pressure like on all your stabilizer muscles. Like I've noticed that it is really quickly obvious what muscles are weak and need to be worked on. And like also doing all the drills, my flexibility seems to already have been improving a lot. So I'm very happy with it so far. Like, cause I've always, I was always one of those dudes that like when I started doing, um, like I started doing like a powerlifting program at one point in my twenties and I was like, you know, I, I totally believe the hype was like, if you just do these couple moves, you know, you won't really need to do any crunches or any kind of ab work. You're, you're just going to have a good core by default. But like, if you already have kind of weak hips and stuff, like there's a lot of times that your body will like overcompensate and do nasty stuff like round your lower back and the bottom of squats and all that. And I kind of wish I would have started with a program this basic back in the day just because uh, I really feel like it's kind of hard to get injured when you view as every exercise day is like a practicing the motions rather than trying to load more weight. But loading more weight is so fun. <laughs> oh, it is. And the goal eventually is to load more weight and then to decrease the rest and stuff. Because, again, it's, it's 100 swings and 10 get-ups every day. But eventually, the idea is that you're doing it with 70 pounds in 16 minutes and then 105 pounds in 16 minutes. Pretty soon, Willie's going to have the fucking clubs. He's going to be doing the chic thing. He's going to be like, I humble your bubba. I break your back and I you know, fuck you in ass. I would be interested in trying those like clubs. That actually does sound kind of cool. Man, good but, fucking know, I'm, luck. I'm just, <laughs> they, apparently, I, they're I'm, I'm just going to. Oh, so I've heard. That's that's kind of why they're so interesting. But yeah, for now, I'm just going to stick with the kettlebells and, you know, keep it going. Um, work's been going good. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast. It was something I've been thinking about. But uh, I was hoping that I'd be full-time, like, permanent employee of my company right now. But it turns out, because I've been working part-time hours, the contract is not to do three months at my current job. The contract is to do 480 hours at my current job. So, because of that, instead of a three-month plan, it's actually more of a five-month plan before I can get hired on as a full and permanent employee. So, I've still got another, like, five or six weeks before I can, um, you know, switch over from the temp agency to a full, uh, full-time full worker at the company I'm at. Yeah, but it seems like they like you and you're doing a great job and you seem happy with it, too, which I'm really impressed with how well that's all been going for you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I'm thrilled. Everything came together in such a fantastic way and, like... I mean, it, I wasn't even specifically looking for this job, but I just showed up and they're like, this guy's perfect for this job we have. They've been looking for the perfect person for it. And they, it just, it all worked out really well. Sweet. Good, dude. I'm glad to hear that. So what about you, Dalton? I guess, I guess that just leaves me, huh? Hurricanes, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, man. Uh, I lived through a hurricane. <laughs> it was a bunch of wind. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. This is the story of the hurricane. (laughs) So, it it rained really hard. It was windy. And then I went to work at noon. (laughs) Like, the store was, like, the store opened at, like, 10 a.m. or, like, noon or something like that. And I went at 2. So, I was like, I worked that day. Was it worth it to be open that day? 
fuck no. Nobody came in other than some crazy people. And then it was like, as like yesterday. I went to work because it was uh, whatever fucking holiday it was yesterday. Labor Thank Day. You. Labor Day. Um, pharmacy was closed, so there was no one there. Um, the only people scheduled were me and the new, the new shift lead, Zoe. That's it. So when there's only two of you at the store, neither of you are allowed to leave without the other. So I didn't even like get to go to lunch. Like, uh, uh, it, it was a long fucking day. But I will say, we were dead as a fucking doornail. So I had plenty of time to get to know the new girl. And she's super cool. Give her a thumbs up. I think she'll fit in. <laughs> um, I don't know how I think she'll fit in as a compliment. <laughs> it sounds more dysfunctional. Well, I love everybody at my store other than a handful of people. And like... She'll fit in with the good ones. Okay. Like, most of my shift leads I'm just being a dillweed anyway. No, I know you are. You dillweed. Wow. I can't believe you called me that. Man, said, Nathan, get his ass. You're a real deed. Turkey. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. I knew Jive Turkey would get him. <laughs> and he's gone. I did call him. <laughs> <laughs> I called him oh, cocksucker. I'm pretty sure everybody heard you. Everybody heard him. He calls you a cocksucker. <laughs> Oh god! I know we we reference that scene all the time, and I don't care. I'm gonna keep doing it because that's such a funny scene. Yeah, it is the funniest scene in that movie. It's the only one I remember. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like that movie, but I remember that scene. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. It's like I didn't really like Talladega Nights, but there are a few scenes from that that I do remember that were just like hilarious. But overall, I didn't like it. Um, what else, man? Uh, I've been playing some wrestling, some wrestling. Uh, unfortunately we lost two, uh, wrestlers recently. I should probably wait till Willie gets back to talk about that. Cause I know he's got an opinion on it, but like, um, so what else have I been doing? I'll, it's I'll been a bad it. few weeks for, like, for celebrities, man. <laughs> Bruh, for real, man. Talk about like a bike, Bob Barker, Jimmy Buffett, like, fucking Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Do you know that Jimmy Buffett's like estimated worth was like a billion dollars. No, a billion. I mean, it's not really surprising. He had a really successful career in music. Then he opened all those restaurants, which I'm assuming do well. And then, like you know me, I'm a weirdo. I even have a pair of his line of Crocs. Of course, <laughs> the Margaritaville Crocs. You know, so Dude, just like in Walgreens, we have we we have Jimmy Buffett CDs for sale. It's called, it's like a life on the easy side or something like that. I don't know. It was one. Of, it's like it's his last album, and I'm like, I almost want to buy one of these just to have it. Yeah, you know, um, I couldn't tell you a damn song that's on it because the only song I know by Jimmy Buffett are the ones that everyone knows. <laughs> but yeah, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to Bob Barker who got as close to a dollar without going over as he could. Yeah. And I, I admire that. Legendary. Then Steve um, Harwell, like. The guy from Smash Mouth, like he apparently sucked, but our bro, yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere. Well, he had a lot going on apparently too, like, like some serious conditions that can cause like some really weird and aggressive behavior. So like, can kind of be understood why he kind of behaved erratically there towards mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Um, and then Willie, I waited for you to get back to talk about this because I've been playing um some two K GM mode. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, we lost uh Terry Funk, which. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, it was a shock, but not as shocking as the next one because Terry Funk was an old man. 
But yeah, but Terry Funk also seemed like one of those dudes who would never die. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that he was fucking immortal. Like, if Mick Foley didn't kill him, ain't nobody gonna kill him. Yeah, right. <laughs> man. And what a legend! What a le- get get this get this. Terry Funk and his brother Dory Funk Jr. were the first American baby faces in Japan after World War II. <laughs> Damn. Like, think about that. They changed the perception of Americans, at least for the wrestling crowd in Japan. That's how good they were. Yeah. And they're, they only grew. Like, dude, would ECW have been what it was without Terry Funk's help in the beginning? I don't know. Because he was the big name draw. You know, going out there and wrestling with Shane Douglas and Raven and those guys. So, definitely wanted to give the flowers to Terry Funk. Like, Funker was the man. And I implore anyone to go on YouTube, um, and it's on the the KC Vault uh, YouTube channel. Um, there is a Legend of the Territories Amarillo, and it's Jim Cornette interviewing Terry Funk about Amarillo wrestling territory, and it's just so good. To if if you're interested in history type stuff, um, but we also lost Wyndham Rotunda, otherwise known as Bray Wyatt, and that one dude. That one hit on it. That was the the day after Terry Funk died. Bray Wyatt died. This one really, like, I mean, I know that, like, every death is heartbreaking and all that. And it's like, but fucking, like, with Bray Wyatt, it's like, it had not been that long ago, it felt like, that the WWE released him with the sense that they had nothing left to do with him. And it wasn't that long ago that he was back in there and maybe he was going to really get to that big top-level drive he we all felt like he deserved yeah and it's just like we'll never know now and like i I don't know i always thought he was really fantastic that he had this great potential i thought he could be a possible the guy like a successor to the undertaker type of role like the ultimate like spooky wrestler and yeah and now and now it's like you know it sucks man like but he, uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't just suck that, you know, we lost this entertainer, too. It sucks that a really beloved guy, you know. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was nothing but, I didn't see a bad word about either him or Terry Funk when they passed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then, you know, he... Uh, he was also buddies with uh, John Huber, Brody Lee, so... Yeah, who also died like, early, uh, which is fucked up, man. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the thing that blew my mind was he was 36. Mm-hmm. So, like... That's not that much older than me. That's my age. Yeah, I think that's, bruh. And he, I guess he had a uh, a heart condition brought on. Well, he had a heart condition that was worsened right. by having COVID, and then he had a heart attack in his sleep while not having not wearing the uh, defibrillator that he had been given to wear when he, which sucks. But also, I know like I know people who love their CPAP mask, for example, and I know other people who are like, I cannot stand having this thing on my face. And they and then they just deal with the sleep apnea. So it's like I I don't condone it, but I kind of get it. But at the same time, man, it just fucking sucks. But I so I bring that up because I uh, one of the DLC recently for the uh, 2K23 was Bray Wyatt. So I put the title on him in my universe mode, and then uh, I went on to the community creations and found a good Terry Funk, and I put the uh, U.S. belt the U S championship on him. And I figure I'll give them a run for a while as a, uh, you know, give Bray the run that she, he should have had. <laughs> and then just give Terry some what? love too. Let's let them fireflies. Out. Yeah. Yeah. dude. And man, that was, 
that was the thing like uh their their tribute to him like i'm sitting there and i'm watching it and, and the whole roster standing on the the stage and everyone's all the everybody in the crowds has got the fireflies up and they're all singing he's got the whole world it is it was powerful it was powerful and then the way they ended that smackdown with just the lantern lit in the ring with all the smoke and stuff uh, oh man they did mwah. wwe is so good at packages and things like that like they did a good tribute um let's see what else have i been doing i completely learned the ins and outs of retro arch now there's some stuff i still don't know i'm sure like uh i would like you boys and me one night to sit down and try to figure out the net play that is oh, native sure. in retro arch yeah um and figure that out because that would be cool if we could get down on some like poi poi or some uh, old school smash, me and Nate will finally get good at contra again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You guys, you boys can play some contra. Um, I'll watch because I'm awful at contra. <laughs> but it's an easy game to be awful yeah. at. Most people yeah. are awful at it. But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed contra again when I was streaming though. <laughs> you did? Like I, I uh, there's a there's a couple systems I still need to go in. And uh, redo my playlist because, like, I've edited my files, but I haven't re-edited the playlist. Um, like, I think the Master System and the Genesis are the two that I need to go in and edit those. And then I need to actually sit down and do the thumbnail thing. Um, which, the way RetroArch works with finding thumbnails, which is really cool, is as long as you're getting your ROM sets that are the no intro ROM sets, that's what they're called. And basically, the no intro ROM sets are trying to be as close to the original carts versions as they can be. So, like, if you were going to create a cart and put it on there to play on your original system, it would try to be as close to the original experience as you know it, right? Um, but they have a, a big Libertro list of all these games, and they have PNGs for the uh, cover, the start screen, and then, like, a screenshot from the game. Well, it, within Wet RetroArch, you make a playlist. You can then set it to go and automatically scroll through those lists and download thumbnails and stuff for all these games that you have. So it, I have an absurd amount of games. I don't recommend doing it like the way I did. But let's say you download your favorite 30 NES games, right? You could hit this button and it'll be like, bloop, and then you have all of that. You have it set up. You can go in and make it look how you want. Like I learned how to, if you want to make RetroArch look like the ps3 uh home 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 blah, 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 blah. take two the home screen i don't know why i couldn't get the home screen out of my mouth jesus christ but i've been having a lot of fun with that doing the background and nerdy shit with that um and then seeing like how games emulate is, has been great too i uh i still think gamecube emulates a little better than ps2 but they both emulate better than xbox but mm-hmm. xbox is getting there it's just so strange to me that like a Microsoft PC has trouble running a Microsoft Xbox, but can run a Sony PlayStation like nobody's fucking business. <laughs> um, it's because of the government and uh, government totally sucks, you motherfucker. Whatever Grove, I forgot what was the Grove that now like Flat Earth Society. Ah. Uh, Grove Street. I believe I blame the Linear Earth Society. They're like the Flatter Society, but even more. But the Hollow Earth people. I blame Hollow Knight. <laughs> uh, I've been playing some Red Dead, uh, doing a lot of fishing in Red Dead. I've got all of the legendary fish but one. 
Um, and apparently there's a... The most legendary fish yeah, of the all. most, And it's like this just random one. Gotta catch that, that blue marlin. <laughs> it's just Greg the carp. <laughs> I have to like get to a certain mission before it'll spawn or something like that. Because I sat in the spot where it's supposed to be at with the fucking lure I needed for 30 minutes fishing. And just kept catching everything but what I was looking for. Um, Damn, you went 30 whole minutes fishing without catching what you wanted? <laughs> I know, right? Fucking A. What is this ultimate fishing simulator? Um, but I, dude, Red Dead 2 is so good. I can't wait till we decide to spend a, a year playing I, that in the background. <laughs> I do think that's going to be a really fun game for the show. That actually is a good contender for that background, like year long yeah, game. It's definitely got the meat for it. Um, I also reinstalled Soul Calibur 6 because I've been fe- feeling like playing a fighting game. Uh, I, I bought Temtem. I found it cheap for like eight bucks. So I figured I'd give it a shot. Uh, played like 10 minutes of it. It's okay so far. I'll maybe pick it back up. Is there still like big online player base or any online player base? When I logged in, there were a few people running around. So there are still people who are playing it, at least in the beginning area. I don't know about anywhere further than that. Okay. um, It's interesting. I do not know if I'm going to like it more than I like Nexamon. Because Nexamon is just like, God, the writing on that's so good. And speaking of Nexamon, don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but Nate, I think I sent you the thing. I might have sent it to the group chat where Nexamon 3, they're developing it yeah. in this 3D. And oh boy, if they if it comes out looking as good as the screenshots, bro, that might be the game that people were like wanting Pokemon to be. And that would be interesting because it'd be a PC game where it's like, this is what Pokemon could be. But, you know, you're going to have to take it that it's Nexamon. Yeah. But the that's one the two that I can't wait for us to get to because I really think that you guys will appreciate the writing because it's quite it's quite funny. Um, and just a quick shout out to the guy who developed Gidonia or Gidonia, however you want to say it. Yeah, he is now going to be working on the sequel, Gidonia or Gidonia 2. So good kudos to him. Other than that, dude, uh, I have a story. It's more probably, uh, suited for Yab's pod, but I'll clean it up because there wasn't a Yab's pod. So I'll just get it out quick and then we can move on to the game of the week because I got the O dubs ready to go. So the other night I'm sitting at home about, 12.45, I get a message from an old friend of mine. Hey, what are you doing? Just sitting here at my computer. I want to come see you. Uh, okay. It's kind of late. Yeah, but I want to see you. Okay, come on over. Okay. Send me your address. I don't remember where you live. Okay, send her send her my address. She comes over. Uh, she's drunk. She probably shouldn't have been driving. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, here's, this is how this is going to go. She sits down in my room. We're talking. She pulls out two Four Locos. And hands me one. I have not drank a Four loco since I was like 19. <laughs> I didn't realize they still made Four Locos. They're not as... Uh, oh, that's right. They don't have the caffeine. They took as the they caffeine used to be, yeah. at one point. Um, so I sipped on it while she was drinking on hers. Um, and she hung out for a while. And then she was like, well, I should probably get ready to go. And she stood up and started walking and was stumbling around. I'm like, no, I can't let you leave. Like, I, in good conscience, cannot let you drive home. Go lay in my bed. You'll be fine. So she goes in my room, lays in my bed. And I come in here and I sit in my computer chair and I put on like a cooking show on the TV that I have in here and I'm just chilling. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go lay down. So I kind of like scoot her over and I lay down and I pull up the sheet to lay down next to her and her, she is wearing a dress that she has pulled now all the way up. So like, she's just like (laughs) buck ass naked from the bottom down. And I'm like, so this is the second time in a month I've been in a situation where one of my female friends is around me without her pants on. 
being like, oh, no, I have no pants on. What are we going to do? And I'm like, well, for one, you're drunk and I'm not. So this ain't going to happen. Like, it's not my bag. Like, it's just never been something like even Brandy long time ago was wasted, tried to kiss me. And I stopped her because I was like, no, you would not kiss me when you're sober. I'm not going to let you kiss me when you're drunk, especially if I'm not as drunk as you. Right. So I, I just laid there and went to sleep next to a girl without her pants on. And I was very proud of myself. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm very proud of myself. I was a good boy. And like it, it blows my mind that people don't think that way. You know what I mean? Like not to get into that whole thing. Like I said, that's a conversation for you. Yeah, but it just blows my mind that people aren't they don't have that respect. And that bothers me that there are people like that in the world. Yeah. Like, respect your friends. Respect your girlfriend. Respect your wife. Respect anybody. Respect your husband. Respect everybody. Respect people. Word. Word. Yeah, that's all. That's all I've been up to. Uh, Let's see. That brings us to the obligatory Wikipedia bullshit. Oh, dubs. So, boys, we played a game this week, these past two weeks, called Titan Souls. And Titan Souls is a 2015 action-adventure game developed by Acid Nerve and published by Devolver Digital. It was released for Windows, OS X, PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, and Android. Titan Souls received generally positive reviews and has been cited as an early example of a Souls-like, a game genre directly inspired by the Dark Souls series. And because the plot description is so short, here is the plot description. Between Earth and the real world beyond... Lie the titan souls, the spiritual source and sum of all living things. Now scattered amongst the ruins and guarded by the idle titans charged with their care, a solitary hero, armed with but a single arrow, is once again assembling the shards of the titan soul in a quest for truth and power. So yeah, this was our short game. This was a short game poll game. Yes. This game won the short game poll a long time ago, but we haven't been using short games for a while. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we were figured we were like, you know what? Let's uh, let's knock this one out. Nate, you look confused. You okay? I sent a message in the chat. Oh, sleepy boy. Okay, <laughs> sleepy boy. Because we originally um, talked about having Dane on this episode, and I just realized we were recording this whole podcast without him. <laughs> yeah, he messaged me the other day, and he was like, and I forgot, I forgot to mention it to you guys. That's on me. He messaged me the other day and he's like, man, my sleep schedule's been fucked, so I'm probably going to be in a sleep coma. I apologize if I missed the episode. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, no worries, dude. I was like, there's plenty more that you're welcome to be on. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, hold on. Did we forget someone here? Yes, we did. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> when I was talking, all of a sudden, you got a real confused look on your face. And I was like, is that the wrong plot? No, no. I, <laughs> just something else occurred to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was clearly the plot to Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but yeah, so... Y'all ha- had previous experience with this game, right? No, or at least, no, I had not. Willie did? It was just me. Okay. Yeah. I'd played it before. So I first seen this game. Um, it was in a, uh, like a gameplay preview by um, Polygon staffers, Justin and Griffin McElroy. They did a video about it. I thought it looked really fun and funny. And it was like on sale after I watched the video. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just go buy this game and play it. It looked like a blast. I did. I put it away for a while, played it again, put it away for a while, wanted to play it again. And then it happened to show up in our short game poll. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of wanting to play this one again. I'd really like it to win so I can play it again and show it to some people. So yeah, so I'd played this game through two times before we uh, did the recording. Pretty cool. So I guess you don't really have a first impression for it then. 
No, my, my first impression is thinking that the Michael Roy brothers did a funny video because, you know, that's what they do. <laughs> yep. Fair enough. But it also made the game look fun and I liked it. And I? I can send you guys the video okay, later. Sounds good. Yeah, sure. Post it uh, in TSP show chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that way everybody can see it. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, what about you, Nate? What was your first impressions of this game? Yeah, so first, just seeing, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of those um, retro type games. They try to capitalize on the whole, we like making things look retro now. I dig that, so I was cool with it. Then I loaded it up and saw that it was published by Devolver Digital, and they have yeah. a really good track record with games. Like Devolver Digital has posted, like has published banger after banger. So I was like, that is. That is also when, like, I first downloaded the game. Like, when I saw the Devolver Digital published it, I was like, you know what? Nope. I'm definitely just buying this today. I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy yeah. this game. So, I was like, yep, yeah, this is going to be a good game. And then I got into it and just, you know, the, you know, the little tutorial area and it shows you the controls. And basically, it is a two-button game. You can have a roll slash run button and the button to fire and retrieve your arrow. And... When I say arrow, I mean arrow. You have one arrow that you have for the entire game, which is an interesting concession in the game. Um, once you start getting into the technique and tech and everything of it, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, for my first person, I thought it was a neat little retro-inspired Souls game. But it was pretty cool. So that leaves me, huh? Yeesh. Uh, I thought it was cute. Um, I liked the color palette. And... I was very excited at the thought of this possibly being like Shadow of the Colossus because that's one of my favorite games of all time. And I think that thinking that it was going to be more like that game was a detriment to my overall experience with it because it is much more like a Souls game, in my opinion. Um, Other than one particular fight, which I will bring up later. But first impressions, it's it was cute. I thought it was cute, and uh, the tutorial, it was just, I don't know, it was a cute little game. Uh, yeah. All right, so, boys, uh, what do you think about the combat, like, the the first boss? Like, when you got there, what were your first impressions with it being like, oh, okay, so this is what we're dealing with? Like, did you think it was going to be a certain way, and then it changed your mind, or did it was it exactly what you thought it would be? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I thought it would be a little bit different. I thought it would be more about movement-based kind of things where, like, you had to get in and maybe dodge away and strike at the right moment on these bosses. And a little ways into it, I realized, you know what? This feels more like a bit of a puzzle game rather than just, like, this action combat kind of game, which kind of kind of changed the way I viewed the game as a whole, like, maybe play the game differently than I think I originally would have. Um, but like you said, like, the... Like, combat is very simplistic. It's basically roll and shoot your arrow. And then you come up with some interesting ways to um, utilize those functions for the, the for the character. And I thought that was pretty interesting. I actually kind of enjoyed the way that went. Yeah, I think the game's really cleverly put together in that way. Um, if I were going to, like, compare the main combat in it to anything, um, I've long... Cons- I've long thought that the game Punch-Out is a game that first shows up looking like a sports game, and then you start playing it a little bit more, and you're like, oh, it's an arcade action game that pretends to be a sports game. Then you play it a little more, and you realize, oh, it's actually a puzzle game pretending to be an arcade action game pretending to be a sports game. And I think this game's kind of like that, too, where it's like, 
it's a puzzle game, and then once you figured it out, there's still a lot of precision of execution involved. What about you, Don? I so when I got to the first boss, um, the big jelly with a heart in the middle of it. Mm. Uh, on the twentieth time that I was trying to kill that thing, um, I thought to myself, "Why is this the first fucking thing you fight?" <laughs> right. So after finally killing that, after being really frustrated, <laughs> really frustrated, after finally killing it. I went to the second boss. The second boss flopped over twice. I shot it with an arrow. It died one fucking hit in like 10 seconds. <laughs> and I thought to myself, why wasn't that the first boss? <laughs> why wasn't that the fucking welcome? And that had been a much better welcome than the fucking frustrating bullshit metal slime thing I had to go through <laughs> just a minute ago. So I was just very, I was very annoyed <laughs> at that point. There's definitely a uh, big sense of different people have trouble with different things throughout this game that I've noticed. But, like, there were a couple of the bosses that even though I'd never seen before, I or I didn't remember playing them because it was, like, years ago. And I probably played them when I was just sitting half drunk on a couch in Nashville. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, I don't remember, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I just, like, immediately figured out and killed it on my first try. And then there were other ones where I'm like, oh my god, what have I, what, 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 what? Now, before I forget. And then a couple also where there's definitely, like, I don't know about you, Nate, but there were definitely some bosses where I was like, I figured out what I'm supposed to do, but lord, is it not easy to do. Like, the Yeti was the mm. main one I had so much trouble getting the actual kill yeah. shot on. Um, the, the, the one that I want, the one Titan, I'll call it, that I want to talk about before I forget. Um, is the one that stood out to me and is the only one that I went got to that reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus direct, like a direct ode to it almost was there is an enemy that you walk into the room and there are platforms floating in water and the enemy is swimming underneath the water. Right. And you got to, uh, I, I believe cause I didn't actually kill this thing, but I believe that you got to get it to dive near you. You hop up on a platform and shoot its tail. Yeah, that's correct. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I could never master that. Um, but I figured that's what you did. And th that seemed like a, a direct ode to two different uh, colossi in Shadow of the Colossus. One being the underwater one where you have to hold on to it and it'll swim underwater and your character's having to hold his breath while you're like trying to stab the spot that you need. And the other one being the one that kept me from progressing in Shadow of the Colossus for two and a half years, <laughs> which was the uh, under the sand worm one that's in a cave where you had... <laughs> You literally have to ride on your horse and then turn your view around backwards while this thing's chasing you, pull an arrow and shoot it in the eye. And how the fuck I was going to figure that out before game facts was a thing, I can't fucking tell you. But like I had to wait till games facts was a thing. And, and then I was like at my girlfriend's house and it just epitome. Boom. Oh, I could look up how to do that now. <laughs> and I went and did and I beat it and I was so fucking happy. <laughs> um. Yeah, basically every boss this game was a puzzle like that. But yeah, that boss, uh, Anixia, was, um, I, really I thought, definitely one of the ones that was most closest to Shadow of the Classes. But I compared this game to Shadow of the Classes in the group chat. What I meant was more along the lines of, it is just boss fights and exploration. Not like that there's like climbing and all those See, that's what I was also. expecting, was like yeah. climbing and titans and stuff where this is very much a shoot the target to kill it type game. Um, I did. I tell you another one that I did enjoy, because um, Lord knows I don't have a lot of good to say about this in my experience. So I'm going to leave most of that to you guys. Um, but the the one that's in the 
uh, the art for the game. Um, it's it's not in an actual building. It's like you walk your way around it, and it like is the statue that comes to life, and it's like throwing its hand at you, and you have to shoot it in the heart while it's doing the movement between covering it with its hands. I liked that one mm. a lot. I thought that was a good design. Um, but ah oh, man, there were just too many moments in this game that infuriated me, and I just couldn't get past it. So one thing I'm definitely going to say about this game is, and when you were comparing it to Elden Ring earlier, like in Elden Ring, if something doesn't work out for you, you can fuck off, go a different way, get stronger and come back to it. This game is fixed. There aren't like RPG elements where you can just grind and get stronger or whatever. You are going to have to solve a certain number of bosses. Although I think that there is a minimum amount you can beat the game with. Like, I think you can just. Yeah, you don't have to kill all of them. I did because I wanted to. But you didn't have to. And I did because Nathan did. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sure I killed them all at one point. <laughs> but yeah, so like, the game being just like boss battles was the entire game, right? Like there was no little enemies that you can mess around with and kill on the map. No, it's just 16 or so different titans. I think 16 is the number really just said. I think it's 19 total. total. So yeah, it's just kind of interesting that there is like, it's just, this is what you do. You go into these boss rooms and you fight a boss. Yeah, um, almost like a. Uh, that's not really a boss rush though, because they give you time in between them. Yeah, yeah. That that this is again what I was trying to compare to Shadow of the Colossus for. That you go to each of their little houses and you go fight them. Yeah, um, but and then they crush you, and you have to go walk all the way back, but not as far back as you'd expect, because at least there's little save points in these little yeah. biomes. Um. And speaking of the biomes, I thought some of them were really cute. I really liked the Zelda-style Lost Woods area. Yeah. Like, I think that's still my favorite area in the game. I said... And I really liked the... That one and the Frost Mountains, I think, were the ones I liked the best. Yeah. Like, atmosphere-wise. Maybe not boss-wise, but atmosphere-wise. I like the torch puzzle and the Mm -hmm. Frost Mountains. I did enjoy the torch puzzle to get to the underwater person, or the underwater guy. Yeah. Uh, that That was fun. Um, the... The torch battle <clears throat> with the uh, the ice block that ran after you Pretty was another one that I didn't mind. Like that was that was a pretty decent fight. It's just some of them, and I don't even remember because they pissed me off so bad that I just quit. Like some of the fights though were just were I hmm, how do I? I guess I'm just not a huge fan of getting killed in one hit. Mm. Like that is very frustrating. Well, I thought that that was. The nice thing about this game, too, is if you get the boss's weakness also lined up, they also die in one hit. And I feel like you get a lot of really anticlimactic kills against bosses that somehow feel really good. Like, sometimes you just lose an arrow and you're like, this ain't gonna... Yeah. yeah. The one boss, and I wish I could remember its name, I think it must have been Stratus, the child of the mountain and sky one. Oh, that was a great this one. This is the one that made me really think, yeah, this is a puzzle game. Because, like, I was remember shooting my arrow. Like, where am I supposed to shoot the arrow at this guy? He's just got, like, this big mouth and shoots these lasers things at you. You had to line yourself up in such a way that the laser would take out his teeth. And then you had to shoot into the teeth. I didn't figure out that you had to shoot in there for a while. So, like, I kept fighting him over and over again, taking out three or four of his five teeth. Like, okay, I've only got to get one more tooth. Oh, and like apparently there's an achievement if you get all five and then kill them. But then like I was like, what if I shoot him in the mouth after I take a tooth out? Like, yep, that was the thing the whole time. Like, <laughs> this is a puzzle game. Dang it. 
Yeah, uh, I can't remember the one's name there, but the um, in the fire area, the one that uh, like it's like a big old fiery face that like spits and sucks. Molkayin, the like molten that... creation of Golkayin. Okay, yeah, I remember because there's also Rolkayin in that same area too. Uh, that one, I like, I kept almost getting it, and I'm like, I'm making it harder than it needs to be. And then when I actually realized what it was, it was just like, oh, yeah, no, I just needed to do it, but a little crispier. <clears throat> and that was one of the things I think that kind of bothered me about this game a little bit was how fast you had to shoot the thing after um, it exposed its weakness. Like one that I can think of in particular was Knight Elhanan, the legendary Titan Slayer. <clears throat> you had to yeah. time that so perfectly to not get hit by what he was throwing at you and then be able to shoot him. I thought I thought that like that, and especially some of the, especially one of the last three bosses, um, was a little too tight. It's- yeah, the night one was a really tricky one too, because even after you solve like the first half of the puzzle, I felt like, holy crap, getting that last hit is actually kind of crazy. But I think like some of them were really timed. Like I thought Vine Thesis was like one of the most satisfying bosses yeah. in the game. Personally, like. Dalton, how far did you end up getting? Did you make it to past the second gate, or did you kind of stop in the middle of the game? I got up the first elevator mm-hmm. into that area and did not beat a single boss after that. Oh, really? I tried I tried a few. Definitely tried a few. Um, but no, I, I am not going to lie. Uh, this game made me rage quit, and then I went back to it, and then I rage uninstalled it. So <laughs> it was th- this was not a game for me. Um. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't get very far. I think you would have liked the hallucinogenic mushroom fight. I did get to that fight. Oh, it didn't go well for you. Um, I, you know, I don't remember if I beat him or not. No, I, I didn't because once he started tripping, I was so distracted by what was going on. He smushed me. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds about right. Well, in fact, you know what, Willie? That was the moment where I said, "Well," and I uninstalled it. No, if, if you didn't really enjoy that one, that one was one of the, um, I mean, it's a weird one, but it is one of the more straightforward ones, so I can see that. No, yeah, dude, this is, it's just, just wasn't a game for me, yeah. that's all. And see, that boss in particular, I didn't see the hallucinogenic part, because I just shot it at the first possible moment, and it just died. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what happened to me the first three files I beat this game on, and it killed me four times huh. this time. It never had killed me before. Because obviously you can see its weak spot. It lines up really obvious. You know you just have to wait till it's not in the air and shoot the weak yeah. spot. But I couldn't do yeah. it this time. So kind of the way this game goes is you start off in the starting ruins and you fight the four titans there. And once you you have to defeat all four of them. And then it, the game really opens up into the main world that has all those different biomes we're talking about. Like it includes the Lost yeah. Woods, the Frost Mountain, the Blazing Mountains the old ruins and the grave ruins. Is it actually called the yes, Lost, called Woods, the Lost Woods? That's what I've been calling yeah. it just because I figured it was supposed to be. At like least those are the bad. names of it on the Titan Souls wiki. Okay. <laughs> that I'm giving. Okay, cool. Um, and so as you progress, like you, in the first one, you have to defeat all four Titans in the second area. I think mm-hmm. Willie's right. I think it's 12 of them. No, it's less than 12. 12, I think it's 12 total. I think you have to have killed four eight. in the first area yeah. and eight in the second. And so I just decided to try to make sure I found all the guardians when I did it. I'm looking through this list now, and yeah, I definitely defeated all of them. Um, if you got truth mode, you... Uh, oh, you really? Okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, 
And so, like, there were a few really cool ones. One of the ones that sticks out to me, too, was the one called The Elder, which is in the Grave Ruins, which is basically not even a boss fight. It's just, like, a very hidden part of the map that I stumbled upon, and it talks to you the whole time, and then it just takes you to this thing where you just yeah. shoot it, and then you win. <laughs> I didn't even know it was called The Elder. I thought it was called, like, it called itself The First Soul or something when I was Yeah. Yeah, I, I know the word. I didn't. I, it doesn't even pop up like. So uh, when you beat the game after you kill everything, you get uh. There's like there's a little like alphabet cipher in the game or whatever that like pops up whenever you fight something, and you get like a mode called Truth Mode that lets you see what everything is after that. And that one is the only one that doesn't get a pop up when you start to fight it because you just literally climb up at Shadow of the Colossus style, except it doesn't even fight back. It just kind of watches you and like is like. Do what you must. Yeah, this guy was actually a little bit disappointing because it was all that build up to not much, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then what you do, you can pass through the second gate or third gate, whichever one it is, and it, it gets you to the last set of bosses, which there's two bosses there. The first one is the one that I think made me made annoyed me more than any of the rest of them. It was called Gull Set. The Guardian of the Eternal Gate. And this would have... Which was just a really buff version of Goliath. Yeah. And what like. you have to do is get him to, like, hit his hands down on each of these pressure plates. And then mm. he'll open his mouth and shoot a laser at you. You have to be so fast and shoot him in the mouth before the laser goes off. But it's really hard to do because you're avoiding so much stuff. And I just felt like that was one of the ones that, like, I figured out what I had to do and tried to do it several times and doubted myself to the point where I had to look it up in a yeah. guide. And then the guide basically said, yeah, that's what you do. I'm like, Ugh. So I think that's the only one that I yeah. died on, like, 20 times. <laughs> the funny thing is, when I went through the game, I did look up one thing in the guide, too. And it was actually to find the first soul. Because, like, I found the path to it, but it looked so much like it was just taking me to another biome that I was like, uh, I'm not sure this is actually where I'm supposed to be going <laughs> right now. So I had to come back, and I think that was actually the last Titan I beat before I uh, did the uh, true yeah. final boss. And then the final boss is called the Soul, which yeah. is basically a mirror Soul. match of yourself. This guy shoots arrows and does stuff too. You, what you have to do is wait for him to do his kind of roll and his soul kind of leaves his body and gives you a chance to shoot it. Um, that one uh, wasn't okay. too crazy, in my opinion. I thought that the uh, Knight Eliahan fight actually kind of taught you a little bit but going into it, because that one also felt like it was like a goofy mirror match. Yeah, I, feel like way, you know? I agree with you completely, and I think that was a better fight. The Knight Eliahan one. Although, the funny thing is, do, do you know what I did against Knight Eliahan when yeah. I actually fought him? is I noticed that his attacks were damaging mm -hmm. the pillars. And I didn't realize that that was just him decaying the sh uh, shelter in the room. So the first several times I fought him, I tried to get him There's to kill all the pillars. There's an achievement for that. If you didn't destroy all the pillars and then kill him. I must have already had that achievement because I don't even think I caught <laughs> the achievement that. Oh, you had to get you had to kill all the yeah. pillars and then kill him? Okay. <coughs> oh, okay. And then Damn. after you defeat the soul, the credits roll. And then there's a post-credits boss fight. Oh, <laughs> banjo! So this that this isn't how it happens if you don't kill all the titans going into that fight. If you don't kill all the titans, there's just a uh, you just you get the credits and then there's just a closed door in front mm. of you, and you have to go through the door to actually unlock. Gotcha. So like that's just my the completionist in me made me so I found it. 
And so this boss is called the Truth. And this is like the only boss that had multiple phases. You had to beat three phases in order to beat the boss. The second phase annoyed the hell out of me a little bit, but it ended up getting through it. The first and third phases weren't too bad. It was really just the second phase that you had to get through. And then when you beat the truth, it unlocks so you can see the actual names of all the Titans when you play through it again. And when you beat the game, it also unlocks hard mode, no role mode, which sounds like hell to me. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. And like an yeah, Iron Man mode, right? one life to beat the game. So I did attempt hard mode after we beat this. And I did actually clear all the tutorial bosses. I have had game file on here where I beat the entire game in just less than 100 deaths. It took me more than 100 deaths to get through the tutorial section on hard mode. Do you guys want me to tell you what's different about the bosses yeah, in yeah, hard definitely. mode? More than one hit, right? No? Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're still basically the same. All right, so Sledgeheart, whenever you shoot the uh, slime, it splits into three instead of two. Which that doesn't sound too bad until you realize that means instead of adding up to... Uh, I think 16, it adds up to 81 different slimes if you keep on splitting it. <laughs> to <hit> Dalton's uh. face. <laughs> <laughs> then the iCube, the only difference in the iCube is that I think it rolls twice mm. as fast. But that also means you're exactly the same speed as it, so you have to very deliberately move it around. Oh, man. Because you can't just back up and then you can't shoot the arrow and then immediately catch the arrow with your uh, pullback ability and then shoot it, which is what I did on the actual game. Like on hard mode, no, you have to shoot it, then escape it for a while because it only fires the laser every six uh, rolls and then, then get the arrow, which probably will give you another six rolls. And it's probably about to crush you. And then you need to try to line it up for the laser at the third shot. So it, that was incredibly rough. Uh, brain freeze, uh, actually, Brain Free has seemed pretty much normal. And then um, I couldn't actually figure out what the difference with the Goliath was, but I think it was that it constantly moved its hand a little bit backwards, too. So if you rolled towards it, it would just crush you every time. So you had to only roll away from the hand. Got the. And then I couldn't beat any of the bosses. I went and fought the Mushroom, and I went and fought the uh, Big old Flower, and uh, they both killed me, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Hard mode is not for people who just barely made it through the game. The uh, the rolling iCube thing, that was the one – that was one that the feeling of it reminded me of a moment that I had playing Shadow of the Colossus when I was a kid with my best friend Dustin. Mm. There was a Colossus in that game that flew, mm. and it would swoop down at you. And it was coming hauling ass at me. And I looked at Dustin and I looked back at the screen and went, quick decision. And I just jumped and hit the grab button. And I jumped and grabbed yeah. onto his wing. And then I was on him. And Dustin went, holy shit, that worked. Because <laughs> we were trying to figure out how are we supposed to hurt this yeah. thing, right? The Flying so, Titans were so dope. When I first see that. Or Colossi, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the couple of them that are in the game that fly are badass. Yeah. I love those. Um. But that cube gave me a moment like that where it was just flopping around and it just happened to roll towards me with the eye pointing towards me. And I just went Flip, and just let an arrow out real quick and boom, killed it. And I was like, yo, decision. <laughs> yep. Um, so that, that wasn't too bad. I, and you know what? Because this show has weird secret powers that we don't understand if they do. And a next gen version of Shadow of the Colossus eventually, like or for a release for PS5 or something. 
Give us a fucking PC port. I'll take the PS4 version <laughs> on PC. But, like, give me actual Shadow of the Colossus, please. Thank you, Sony. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Love you, Sony. So, is there anything else? Sorry, I had to, I had to, I was about to, my eyes were floating. So, I don't know what I missed, I but you, are bro. you guys ready to do ratings? You got any more you want to touch on? We are just talking about a bunch of the uh, fights that we thought were interesting in one way or the yeah. other. Um, I think we talked about most of the most of the fights at this point, honestly, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting ones. There's a lot of things we didn't bring out. I do love that this game loves the uh, big old head and two angry hands thing. That is like a classic uh, monster boss fight in yeah. video games. And it never gets it even exists in Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, about this game, I will say, like, I thought it was fun trying to figure out some of the puzzles. I thought some of the puzzles were a little bit too tight. Um, I don't, and this might be something that comes across better if you play the game fully in truth mode or something. I don't feel like this game had much story to speak of. I, yeah, I think the one thing is it feels like it's leaning on thinking it has, like, if it has a really quiet lore like a Dark Souls game, it doesn't do much to tell Mm -hmm. it. That that's one of my issues with the Dark Souls games is and, and games that are inspired by the Dark Souls games is a lot of them just leave the story up to you kind of exploring and piecing it together yourself by environmental clues and maybe notes and things like that. But this game didn't really have yeah. any of that. So it was kind of just like vague, I suppose, would be the word that I would yeah, use. Yeah, it kind of felt like you were just kind of doing this for no real reason to think, to speak of. It was, it was a lot of vibes, but it was basically just kind of a pastiche of Shadow of the Colossus and uh, Dark Souls in terms of the vibes it was going yeah. for. But, like, it was definitely more vibes-based rather than, like, here's a serious story we've thought yeah, about. And I'm not uh, saying that's necessarily a bad thing. It just wasn't inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. That's that's really my last note that I kind of had for it. All right, then, boys. Well, what rating would you give Titan Souls, my good sirs? Let's uh, let's start with Willie. Willie, what would you give this? I mean, again, I came out of this still thinking I enjoyed this game. I'm glad I got to show it to people I like. that I think would enjoy this kind of game. I think, again, how much you like this game is going to depend on your appreciation for uh, Souls-likes conventions, for uh, games that are just kind of like indie game stuff, too. Like, it definitely does seem a little... I hate to say the word, like, primitive, but there are definitely elements to it that seem, like, more retro than it needs to be. Uh... I like this game. I liked it a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of replay value to it, too. And I think there are probably people that would really love playing this game over and over and mastering the hard mode, mastering the Iron Man mode. I don't think that's necessarily for me. (laughs) In the end, I'm going to give it uh, seven and a quarter arrows out of one arrow. Nice. Yeah, for me, I was playing this game and I, like I said, my issues with it were like, like kind of lack of story and like I do agree with you that it kind of feels more retro inspired than it needs to at a lot of times. Um, I do think it was a fun game and I really did enjoy this and I did say in previous episodes that I'm kind of 
being a little bit harsher in my number ratings where eight isn't going to be my <laughs> standard for a decent game. Um, so I'm almost fair with you. I'm going to go ahead and give this a seven souls out of 10 truths. Well, <laughs> let's hear the low ball number, Dalton. If we are all being serious about the our our main line is not going to be an eight for a decent game because we've been like you said we we have all been very generous with some numbers. I'm still heartbroken that me and Nathan were bullied into giving out last <laughs> the scores we did. Yeah, I'm retroactively <laughs> changing my score of that to a two. <laughs> you hear that, Brian? <laughs> but uh, to me, um, this just wasn't what I was looking for. Um, it wasn't enough Dark Souls to be a Dark Souls style a game for me. It wasn't enough Shadow of the Colossus. Um, it, it wasn't even enough Zelda to be Zelda-esque. It was kind of like an amalgamation of the three, which I get was what they were going for. Um, the... The goddamn arrow was so slow. Yeah, that was an issue. <laughs> the goddamn arrow was so slow. Um, and retracting it to me was also ridiculously slow. Although sometimes I got cool hits on enemies doing that on accident, which made me feel good. I'll give you that. Um, but I have not rage quit a game in a long time, and I have not rage uninstalled a game in forever. <laughs> so I am giving this a four and a half. Fair. I'm giving this a four and a half. Make your out of ten arrows faster. <laughs> yeah, I do think some of the problems that I have with the game could have been alleviated by faster arrows, too. But keep in mind, like I said, this just wasn't a game for me. So do not take my score and be like, oh, well, Dalton said that game sucks. Fuck that game. Because listen to their scores. They're much higher than mine. <laughs> like, but... If you are one of the listeners that relates to the games that I typically like, try it before you buy it. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. All righty. Some questions? Let's move into questions. Some questions? All right. Our first question comes in from our listeners who so generously provide these questions to us on the Discord each week. Comes from our good buddy, Fenris. And there's a link at the bottom if you guys want to click it and see what I'm talking about. Was which controller would you choose? Now, there are six controllers in this. The first one kind of looks to me like it's inspired by, like, doilies and kind of, like, crochet, very pastel colors, it, bright flowers. In my mind, this is, like, the Unravel special edition controller <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the second controller is this cool one that's kind of, like, looks like it's kind of, like, enamel with painted flowers over it. Um, red and yellow are the main colors to it. I kind of dig this one too. Yeah, very uh, like retro China. Mm, yes. Not China like the country, but like China like or the wrestler. Fine China. Or, or, <laughs> or the wrestler. Okay, controller number three is this very cool stained glass looking one. It has like brass colors, and then between all the brass is all these different colors of stained glass. It's really pretty groovy looking. The fourth controller is this kind of like beat up wood paneling with a little bit of red on it. It's just really beat up wood. Kind of gives me pirate. I get horror vibes from it. 
Um, the fifth controller is this very ornate gold one with all these different kinds of patterns and gold plating on it with a nice little pearl. These are all like PlayStation 4 style controllers. It has this cool little pearl yep. on the touchpad. And then the sixth, con- yeah, that one looks awesome. sixth controller um, it's another it's a green controller. It has like these flowery bits on it. I don't know, that's kind of my least favorite one. I don't have much to say about this one. It's like kind of like resting on almost like a claymation flower thing, but it also kind of looks... It's hard to separate what's supposed to be the stand from yeah. the controller there. So, which of these controllers would you choose? Uh, I mean, it's kind of an easy answer for me. Uh, I'm going with the stained glass controller. Yeah, I like that one. That, that, that controller is bitching. Um, but I also really like... That was really hard to pick against, but I really like number five, which kind of feels like like steampunk pistol with like mother uh, of pearl yeah. type inlays. Yeah, like you're using that controller to play like Bioshock Infinite or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Very exciting. The one that I'm actually picking is the fourth one, which was the wood one, because it kind of reminds me of the boards you put up in Resident Evil 2 to keep the zombies out. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, that was, uh, that yeah. was my runner-up. Yeah. Was that one. And I really feel like you could play that controller. Oh, with yeah. Red Dead yeah. About it. Oh, see if yeah, these. Sure. The... the yeah, the stained yeah, yeah. glass one, I'm thinking, like, man, what would you play on that? And I feel like I would be plugging that into my computer, loading up Retro Arch, and loading up Symphony of the Night. That's and I was thinking yeah, that Final Fantasy. I, th- I honestly think you could. Yeah, you could rock sure. some Mortal Kombat yeah. on that. Oh yeah, shit. and Mortal Kombat. It's a good controller. Yeah, man. And then like, it's like a that was actually the one I first jumped to, but then you said it first. And I'm like, yeah. I gotta pick a different the one. one. The one that <laughs> looks like fine china, dude. It just cook serve delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now have we have you done cook no. delicious for the show? We have not. See the first one you said unraveled. It kind of makes me think of Yoshi's Woolly World. Mm-hmm. Woolly Roller, Kirby's Kirby 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 yarn. yarn for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. that last one with the flowers, my brain's immediately like, oh, Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, Terraria, or yeah, or know. like to. Uh, I, I was saying I don't know. This one just seems like it. it this seems like it's a prop for someone's wedding. Yeah. It's like got mason jars <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see that, too. <laughs> All right, now we have a couple of weird questions from Dane, because Dane's going to Dane on us when he's not even here. All right, so from Dane, there is a machine capable of producing perfect clone replicas of Mitch McConnell, potentially indefinitely. <laughs> How many of these Mitches do you think you could realistically... Do you realistically think you could defeat in a 1v1 bare-knuckle boxing matches, given you only have five minutes between each round? Mitch McConnell. He's... Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I The first couple are going to feel bad, because I don't like hurting another person. After taking a couple down, I really don't see any way they're going to harm yeah. me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that I could basically... All you can is buffet... <laughs> I, I can't imagine a punch from Mitch McConnell, even if he lands one hurting. <laughs> yeah. It would break his hand. Like, I don't think I'm taking damage. This old man frail bones would shatter hitting one of us. Plus, I think after about, like, three or six rounds, I'm going to start trying to, like, throw, like, I don't know, British Bulldog power slams on I was, was going to say, eventually you're going to start like, throwing like, wrestling moves and shit out there just because. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I'm just going to hit him Stone Cold Stunner, Diamond Cutter, RKO. Let's just throw all of them out there. <laughs> I'm going to jump on the... You're going to do all three of those in the same the, uh, flying elbow from the top rope. 
give him a legit tombstone. <laughs> um, I dude, yeah, the all you can beat buffet. All you like, can buffet. Fuck nice. him up, like just keep sending them until my fucking knuckles are toast. Like I, I, but if I'm gonna put a number on it, I bet I could get to at least a hundred. Yeah, I'm with you because frail old man. I only need one good punch to this fucking face, <laughs> and I'll give him a brain hemorrhage, and that's one done. But you know why I know that? Because I punched a kid my age one time and gave him a fucking brain hemorrhage. <laughs> I felt super bad about it. The first two are going to be the hardest ones. Once I beat two of them and realize they're sending infinite clones at me, I'm like, oh, well, it's Christmas <laughs> now. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, this must be, this is a new rage room. Yeah. <laughs> and he has yeah. a follow-up to that. Do you think you're more likely to collapse from exhaustion first or finally succumb to the Mitch's McConnell? Oh, I'm going to need a nap. Yeah, I'm going to succumb to the exhaustion way before the Mitch McConnells. So. Yeah. Right. Like, now, if they just start sending them at me more than one at a time and I eventually get overrun by old men, I'm just going to die from being creeped out more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are all these turtles doing around me? He is a disgrace to the idea of being Grounded, a turtle. pounded. <laughs> all right. He's e- evil turtle. Next question, also from Dane. And Dane... You're almost as bad as Jeff, but villainous time travelers just invented a time machine and are trying to stop Yakuza from being made. They have carelessly left the time machine active, and there's enough juice left to let you jump back in time and return just down once and return. Do you save Yakuza or kill Hitler? Assume both prospects are equally plausible to achieve. All right, so my answer for this is easy for me, at least. If we kill Hitler, there is no guarantee that Yakuza ever even existed. But if we go back and save Yakuza, we can still play Yakuza. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to kill Hitler. Let's just, I'm just going to be the good guy. I'm, it's kind of like one of those things where I'm viewed as this evil man who assassinated a leader. But he was terrible. We can avoid all that. <laughs> Hitler actually gets owned. So, like, historically, he still fucking dies. <laughs> I love how you worded that. He gets owned. <laughs> Get pwned, noob. <laughs> Pwn noob. He, he pones himself team killer in a fucking bomb shelter. Oh, Lord. Right. <laughs> it just pops up on everybody's screen. Hitler has killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> this next question comes in from Master Loot. What are your thoughts on Sea of Stars? I want to play, play it real bad. Yeah. I actually... Changed our uh, Brawlhalla uh, clan chat to just say, "Hey, if you see this, remind me to buy Sea of <laughs> <Nice>. Stars." <laughs> I um I got a copy. Fortunately, my buddy Fanto, who used to be a Mega Man streamer, we streamed together for a while. Uh, he sent me a copy for Switch, so I have it installed on my Switch, and I haven't started it yet. But I am going to get down on that pretty soon, and. As bad as it sounds, it's going to stop me from playing Persona 5 until I beat it, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. So, I'm they, really uh, looking forward to it. It looks incredible. I haven't looked into how, and I don't know if it's an Easter egg or a legit part of the story, but I've heard that there are references and links to the other game that they made that I know both of, the both of you are very fond of. Yeah. Yeah, The Messenger. Yeah, that's another so, reason I'm really looking forward to because I thought they did such a good job c- capturing that retro feel with The Messenger in a way a lot of places feels forced or fake. They actually really accomplished that, and I want to see if they can do that with an RPG too. 
meant. The thing that kills me about The Messenger is the game had, like, great writing and music, and an RPG is, like, the perfect genre to go to next if you're going to have great writing yeah. and music, you know? And the, all the screenshots I've seen of Sea of Stars, that game looks incredible. Yeah. So, so. I'm looking forward to getting it. I'll, I might actually do a report on that next week if I can, next, next episode, depending on how deep I can get into it. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, this next one's from Master Luke. How do you get out of your shell when feeling mentally unwell? Oh, boy. I guess I, I guess I talked about this a little earlier on the episode, but I felt like a lot less general anxiety disorder symptoms ever since I started doing uh, this kettlebell weight training program. Because I feel like maybe my body's just a little bit more recognizing anxiety when it's an actual thing versus generally dwelling on a fight or flight thing when it realizes, oh, yeah, you're going to have to dump a lot of energy into, you know lifting stuff up over your head for me that's so So like that's something i think i've been struggling with for a few years without really realizing it to the the extent to which i was um and so i'm making a, a lot of life changes like i mentioned at the very beginning of this episode taking a new completely different job than what i've been doing for the last 15 years of my life it's a big risk and definitely intimidating but we'll see how that goes for a little while and see if that makes me feel any better um but yeah i'm trying new things that's what i'm doing um so this is something I, I struggle with a lot and have been like specifically really bad this year um usually what i do is i'll either smoke enough pot that i don't care anymore which is not i don't recommend that it's expensive um i'll call my best friend and have a chat with her and just like talk through some shit that's bothering me and she'll listen and it helps um, or I let that shit build and build and build. And then I have a breakdown in the fucking shower for 30 minutes and then I come out and I'm all right. So, well, so one of those three options was good. So call your <laughs> <Yeah>. homies. <laughs> call, call somebody, you know, or, you know, message somebody on the discord, whatever you got to do. Like just, you, you ain't alone. Just remember that. Um, yeah. but definitely don't learn from me because my coping mechanisms are not the healthiest. <laughs> Yeah, mine aren't either, because mine are basically just to shove it away and pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah. Let that turn into cancer. <laughs> oh, what was it? A tumor? I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. <laughs> I'm a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor. All right. Also from Master Loot, any good eats this week? No. <laughs> no. I grilled some ribs that came out fire. They were so good, man. My seasoning was perfect on them. I was very, very happy with them. They were juicy and delicious. They were sweet. Um, Because I don't know if I think I've talked about this before. When I do my rib rub, I get all my spices together and mix it up. And I look about how much spice that is. And I match that with brown sugar and mix it around. So that brown sugar really caramelizes all those spices on the outside as it gets hot. Oh, it's so good, guys. I really want to cook for you guys sometime and make you some ribs. I think you'd enjoy them. Um, Hell yeah. I also did um, some uh, pizza. Jesus Christ, I don't know why I couldn't think of the fucking word. My fucking God, what's wrong with me? Pizza and calzone the other day. Um, and that came out really, really good as well. We're getting really good at making uh, homemade dough. Like my dad's got the recipe down, and then I've got the whole stretching it out to let shit you can see through it thin. Like, it's good. We need a bigger pizza stone because I'm starting to get to the point where I can get them bigger than my pizza stone. Okay. And then I have to like, uh, like a uh, shimmy them to get them on, and that leaves like ripples in the crust and stuff. And it's like, come on, man. So I just want to get like a big 
the whole bottom of my oven. I just want it to be a big stone. <laughs> right. Um, and then randomly, I went to McDonald's the other day. And stone oven is my favorite JoJo's part. <laughs> uh, I went to McDonald's the other day and got a meal and the burger was, was what it was. But the fries were like burn your fingers hot. And that is just like there's nothing better than searing hot McDonald's fries. Like they got that shit down. But when they're soggy and cold, they're disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have to be almost searing your tongue hot. And and salty. Mm, Good. Not good for you, but good. I've been uh, watching my calorie count lately. So one of the things I've been doing is trying to bring more like regular foods to work instead of like you know just eating some like gas station shit for lunch so i've been bringing frozen foods and uh i've really been enjoying the um frozen foods that are like indian style from a brand called saffron road mm-hmm. um i have the chicken tiki masala and the lamb sog and those are both nice. really nice you know i've also been doing some frozen meals lately that aren't bad I don't remember the brand right offhand. I'll have to tell you, but it was, you know, it's like potatoes with like carrots and green beans and chicken. And there's like a gravy that you mix in with it and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's real good. And it's like one of the healthier choices. I think it's actually what it is, the healthy choice. But I don't remember the actual brand. But it's tasty. Mm. And it's not bad for you. Yeah. So, but I recommend adding just a little salt. Yeah. It goes a long way. And our final question comes in from Jeff. Any good books you guys have read lately? I have one. Uh, I don't remember the author's name. Hold on one second. So the author is Stephen James, and this is the first book first book in the uh, Patrick Bowers thriller series. Uh, it's called The Pawn. Nice. And um, Brandy lent this to me, and she's like, I think you'll like this. So I'm not super far into it, but... The opening of this book is fucking riveting. And uh, I'm definitely interested in how the rest of it's going to go. Because it was one of those where you're, like, you're reading it and you're like, oh, man, this is intense. And then like while keeping its intensity, it also takes a hard right turn. Mm. And you're like, what the fuck? So, yeah, I definitely I recommend this. Uh, Stephen James, The Pawn. Uh, I haven't read anything I've been super into lately. I finished um, Good Omens by... Terry Pratchett, Neil Gaiman recently, and for some reason, it just didn't work for me as well as most Terry Pratchett stuff does, so I don't really have a... That's Disc- Discworld guy, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's yeah. just, like, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm not a big Neil Gaiman fan, like, I've read a few of his books, and, like, his big ones, too, like, American Gods and the Graveyard Book, and neither one of them really worked for me, so... I mean, check out his, like, graphic novels. I think maybe that would be... Yeah. Like especially like Sandman has had that recent adaptation that's been yeah. really popular too. So. so probably won't end up watching the Good Omen show anytime soon because I just really didn't care for the book all that much. It was okay, but it wasn't great. <laughs> I actually have seen a little of the Good Omen show and there are some really fun character interactions on it. But again, I don't have a strong attachment yeah. to the book, so I don't That's know. about all I've got. Um I am so lame, I'm like, uh so the workout <laughs> book I've been following. <laughs> I guess I could bring it up. It's uh, Simple and Sinister by Pavel Tsatsolin is uh, the name of the uh, author. That, that, cool. That's all I got. That's all the questions we before, got. Before I forget, there was one thing I meant to bring up before we started on Game Chat and forgot. <clears throat> I, I sent a link to this to the chat earlier. Um, I watched a video by Windigoon 
yesterday. Fully intended on just watching a piece of it, and then I'd watch another piece of it because it was like a four-hour-long video, right? I watched the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. It was about it's about a game that's on Steam called Faith: The Unholy Trinity. Yeah, that looked incredibly dope. You uh, show me the uh, trailer to it, and I am actually really interested in this game now. Yeah, like the fact that I know everything that happens in the game from watching this video, and I still want to play this game and check it out for what it is. Like, it looks super cool. It's uh, Atari style graphics. Um, with a very rudimentary um, voice acting, you know, it's coming through like the Atari sound. Um, the little quote cut scenes where they show people and stuff are rotoscoped, so they just look super fucking cool. I love the rotoscope and the way that that looks. It's just super super neat. Um, yeah. So like, if it piques your interest, Windigoon, um, like Windigo, but with Goon on the end instead, Windigoon. Um, Definitely, for one, just check him out. He's a great YouTuber. I love him to death. And if you like spooky stuff or uh, crime, unsolved mysteries type things, like he's the man to go to. Um, he's the he's actually the guy that I got interested in SCPs because of. So, yeah, Wendigoon's the man. Uh, definitely check out his video on Faith, the Unholy Trinity. He's also got a interview on his second channel with the developer of the game, which I haven't checked out yet, but I've heard is cool. Um, and, yeah, it just seems really cool that uh, somebody took the atari aesthetic and made something really interesting with it because a lot of atari games are very very basic yeah well it's like a really interesting cross to what i saw it seemed like something in between like an atari 2600 game and like an apple yeah a very game. early pc game yeah 100 percent. some like a calabeth vibes <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the burr months yeah, everybody like yeah september october november december the burrs Bernstein burrs. <laughs> Bernstein, excuse me. Angry burbs. Angry beepers. Oh. Hey. Angry beepers. Yeah. This show sucks. What's our next show going to be? Oh, yeah, that's right. Our next episode was the fan poll winner of uh, the last one, which was The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind. Now, speaking of that, I have a question for you, gentlemen. How authentic would you like your experience to be with this game? Do you want to be as close to... I'm kind of feeling like medium-ish, medium-rare. I don't want to go too... I don't want to fry it up too much. Okay, because my suggestion is that you guys use Open Morrowind, which is just an open source thing that brings the code up to running correctly at normal resolutions and things like that these days. Hel- helps with yeah, crashing. That, that makes sense. Um, Good. I also, like, I use graphic mods and stuff that make the game look like it could be Skyrim, but you don't have to do that. No, I want to see the awful potato man. Okay, then then uh, my only recommendation then would be maybe there are mods out there that change combat. Because the way combat works in Morrowind is you can swing your sword and it can look like it hits something, but because your dice roll was bad, it does not hit. And that can be really frustrating when you're trying to kill a rat and you're swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging and swinging, and you just can't fucking hit this rat. Well, that seems like a problem with the game Morrowind. If I'm going to review the game Morrowind, I should probably let it happen. And that's why I was asking. That's why I'm asking these questions beforehand. All right. I'm a stubborn piece of shit, Dalton. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just worried about y'all's enjoyment, because I think that this game, is. this is going to be like a, man, Skyrim and Oblivion came from this, huh? <laughs> because everyone loves Morrowind for the story. No one ever really talks about how the game aged like milk, gameplay-wise. But 
It's okay. It'll be an interesting episode. I got the crap on a game this time. Maybe next time you guys will get the crap <laughs> on a game. Or maybe maybe you'll love it. It'll be your favorite retro game you've ever played. Who fucking knows? We will find out on the next episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. Um, and speaking of the, the fan polls, there are a couple up right now. Let's run through them real quick just to let everyone know. And then we'll roll through the house cleaning and get up out of this bitch. Duke Nukem Forever won in a landslide. So that'll be the next fan poll game that we play going to be duke nukem and the poll available right now to vote on is grid 2 avernum escape from the pit mortal Kombat complete edition unreal gold and mega dimension neptunia v2 now i know you might have thought that that is seven that is not that is victory two is what it stands for okay <laughs> don't ask me why i have always thought it was seven two i was wrong um it's kind of like how Mega Man X2 isn't Mega Man yeah, 12. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no love for Mortal Kombat. I'm a little disappointed in y'all. All the love that you've heard the three of us shower on Mortal Kombat over the years. No love for Mortal Kombat. All the love is going to Abernum, Unreal, and Mega Dimension Neptunia. Now, I can understand I shower a lot of love on Neptunia. And I think that that would probably be a good game for y'all to come into mechanics wise but any of those games i'm cool with winning so we shall see i think unreal probably be the one that's the most interesting if i'm going to be honest but uh then we got a short game poll lara croft go blazing chrome claire dreamscapes the sandman and far cry blood dragon um far cry is uh leaps and bounds ahead of the others and then we have a new poll the retro game poll which is going to be alternating with the short game poll when we're picking some doozies because also we uh, we've discussed whenever we pick uh, some beefy boys, we might give ourselves a little more time to play those and do a couple short games instead. Instead, because it uh, just analytically, two part episodes don't do that great. Um, yeah. So that's something. But yeah, so the retro video game poll for your choices for that, which we would be using Retro Arch for uh, Jersey Devil PS One, Tobal Number One PS One, Donkey Kong Country Two. For the Super Nintendo, WCW vs. NWO Revenge for the Nintendo 64, Adventure Island 4 for the NES, and Super Noah's Ark 3D for the SNES, which, by the way, we now have a video up on our Steam Machine Podcast YouTube channel that, <sighs> that was done by one Dane himself. Dane, you really outkicked your coverage on this one, baby. And boy, did he release the most metal commercial for Super Noah's Ark 3D I've ever seen. <laughs> Like he just he just put some Bible verses over some Doom music and it worked so fucking well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that poll is uh, pretty neck and neck. There's a lot of stuff with votes on it for that one, so it'll be interesting, man. But on that note, if you would like to come join the Discord and vote on any of those, it is bit.ly/tsmpdiscord, all capital letters. That'll get you a permanent invite that's there for you. And you can come and join and get in on the voting, get in on the goodness, get in on the community, because our community fucking rules. I'm just saying. Get on to something good. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out the website, which is up to date because of one Dane himself, bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. If you would like to donate to the show, which would mean a ton to me, you can get the show early and ad free if you go to patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast 
and that's all undercase. That's all just just put that in there, and that'll take you one dollar a month. Gets you everything early and ad free, um, which means the world. But if you want to give a little more, you're more than welcome to. Uh, if you, in fact, I don't bring this up much, but if you want to donate twenty dollars or more, you can pick a game for us to play and guest on the episode if you have the means. But if you want to donate twenty dollars more, you can pick a game, knock it right to the top, and we'll do that one next because. You help me pay my insurance. What can I say? I'm going to make the boys be shills for it. I appreciate them for helping me out with that. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want to donate $10 or more a month, you can get your name read out on each and every single episode like these wonderful, wonderful people. Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper. Jeff, the original expendable Mr. Syllables. Oh, Mr. Nicknames himself, the Jeffy Lube. Aresa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction. James, the Steam Machine. Hall, modern, hall. Team Retrogue, go check him out over on YouTube. Mr. Puzzles, Dane himself, and Chad the Mad Lad, no goddamn C in his name, Schaefer. Thank you all. We love you very, very much. Shout out to Yabs Pod, yet another BS podcast. Shout out to the JRPG Report, which is now me and Mikhailov, a.k.a. Team Retrogue, doing that show. If you want to get a shirt, tsmpproductions.threadless.com you can get you a steam machine podcast shirt you can get you a yabs pod shirt you can get you a nile the nightmare shirt speaking of nile the nightmare you like the intro to the show you like the outro to the show check out my music nile the nightmare over at bandcamp uh nile you can also now search nile the nightmare on spotify find a couple of my hip-hop songs out there and if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast, but mainly iTunes. Um, if you would give us a, re- a five-star review on there, that would be dope. I haven't checked those recently. I should go check and see if we've gotten any more. Um, and if you listen to us on Spotify, give us a thumbs up, good rating, however that shit works on there. Boy, is there anything you want to plug? I'm good, brother. Um, I just wanted to say that... Um Devolver Digital is a sick-ass producer. I think they make a lot of great games. And uh, if you guys have any other games of them that you think I should, you know, bring to my attention, uh, post about them in the chat. Man, I'm definitely always going to be like, oh, shit, Devolver Digital published that. I will want to play it. Yeah, there's definitely like Colt- <clears throat> one of those I can just tell you right now is Cult of the Lamb. I really oh, want to yeah. check out Cult Absolutely of the Lamb. Absolutely one I would be yeah. very interested in. Well, boys, our next episode is Morrowind. And that only leaves me with one question for you guys here at the end of this episode. I'm a god. How can you kill a god? What a grand and intoxicating innocence. (laughs) 